Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years, with cafes and drive-through locations throughout Juno. More at heritagecoffee.com. Hi, everyone. It's why I like KTO because I feel like KTO is so important to me because it's news, community talk on June afternoon with music, and I am wishing everybody happy and safe 50th anniversary. Please support KTO and public media. Well, thank you, Fubao, for sending us that reflection. You're listening to Juno Afternoon on KTOO here at 104.3 Juno and at 91.7 Juno in Ock Bay and online at KTOO.org. I'm your host, Andy Klein. It is indeed KTOO's 50th birthday this week, and KTOO is Juno's locally owned, listener-supported public radio station. A lot has changed after five decades on the air, from the licensing of two additional radio stations, KXLL and KRNN, plus KTOO 360 TV, a television station that reaches across the state, offering a variety of programming and Gavel Alaska, which covers the Alaska legislature. There's a lot more. But like many community radio stations, it had humble beginnings. KTOO's Alden Baxter put together a look back at how it all started. You're listening to KTOO Stereo FM Radio for Juneau, Alaska. That's the voice of John Corso, one of KTOO's founders, in early 1974, the year the station went on the air. K2 is owned by the people who listen to it and operated by the people who own it. You're a listener right now. You can become an owner by joining Capital Community Broadcasting Incorporated, and you can become an operator by volunteering your time. Fifty years later, in the KTOO archives, former general manager Bill Legere examines dusty boxes of photos and documents. He pulls out a booklet called How to K2. And it was put together by Elaine Mitchell, who most people consider to be the founding mother of KTOO. Mitchell would go on to help found the Alaska Public Radio Network which still connects dozens of rural and urban stations today. One of my favorite things in here is um, you should ne- you'll never need more than $10,000 a year to run the radio station on. So sort of quaint in that regard, but it was the blueprint for how to start a public radio station. In the early 70s, Juno had just two AM commercial radio stations. As Dennis Harris recalls, He and other staff at one of the stations were abruptly fired one day. Usually they were hired back, but this time his colleague, Elaine Mitchell, had an idea. And Elaine had bought this book called How to Start a Community Radio Station, where they recommended you build a 10-watt station because it was cheap. She uh, passed it around to us, talked about it, and we had a meeting, and we decided to start a nonprofit corporation. That nonprofit, Capital Community Broadcasting, Inc. Harris, Mitchell, who has since died, and a small group of determined volunteers began to get the word out that they were starting a community-focused radio station. We were able to raise the money necessary to build the station in about two months, just from donations. See, in the 70s, public radio was in its infancy. 
the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967, created the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and NPR started up soon after. It took more than a year to get all the equipment and the FCC license necessary to get on the air. They found space for a radio booth in Juno Douglas High School Yadat Akathles Auditorium. Harris says it was tiny, but it worked. Having a locally owned, locally controlled radio station was part of the big impetus. And the other was to have a place where we could have an open microphone, where the community could come and say anything they wanted as long as they didn't libel or slander anybody. The first broadcast was sometime around midnight between January 26th and 27th, or maybe earlier, depending on who you ask. But either way, Frederick Hoskinson's voice was the first to go out over the airwaves. And I was hired as the first uh, coordinator of volunteers, which we only had that one position. Everyone else was a volunteer. Hoskinson says people could host shows on just about any topic and play any kind of music. He remembers a Saturday program hosted by middle school students aimed at kids their own age. There was no way uh, that we could be everything to everybody all at the same time. We tried to be everything to everybody at various different times. Betsy Brenneman came to work at the station in 1978 from KYUK in Bethel. And it was a real hub for the community. I mean, there were people coming in and out of the station. You know, people would just come in and hang out and talk. KTOO later moved to two other buildings downtown before finding its current home at 360 Egan Drive in 1996. A television station, now called 360 TV, went on air in 78 with Brenneman in charge. And just found a lot of people who came together and made things happen that in some ways, if you look back, go, how did we do that? You know, but we did it. Legere didn't arrive at KTOO until the 80s and took the helm in 91. But he says the same spirit that started the station persisted even then. That nerdiness coupled with the uh, we can do anything we want attitude, which was really, I think, part of the culture of Juno in the 1970s. Young people came here and were amazed that they could build institutions as they wanted to and as they envisioned them without anybody saying you can't do that or that's not allowed. There are so many people beyond those you heard about in this story who helped build KTOO and kept it going for half a century. Today, as in 1974, KTOO remains locally owned and operated. If you'd like to know more about owning and operating, keep listening. If you'd like to know more about listening, see an audiologist. With help from Tasha Elizarde and Boston Christopher in Juno, in Anchorage, I'm Adeline Baxter. Adeline Baxter bringing us that story. Well, we're going to chat with Justin Showman, who's KTO's president and general manager, coming up in just a minute. But first, just, just a, another quick remembrance from someone who uh, a lot of us remember as being a key member of KTO. Here's another reflection from Susan Phillips, longtime KTO supporter and volunteer. My association with KTOO goes back to the early 80s when I was in high school producing a segment called Youth News with other students for the daily TV news program, The Evening Edition. I was quickly hooked on working in broadcast media. 
I moved up to reporting live for the community calendar segment on the evening edition. I found being in a live production to be a heady experience. Later, my volunteering transitioned to operating video cameras for studio productions. I enjoyed the camaraderie with other volunteers and staff at KTOO. My favorite memory from back in those days involves Jeff Brown. I was appearing in a live broadcast of the evening edition, giving a rundown of upcoming community events, when out of the corner of my eye I saw Jeff Brown, the floor director, walk to the edge of the set and drop to his hands and knees. He proceeded to crawl behind the desk where Annabelle Lund and I were sitting and made his way over to me. I had to keep my composure and keep giving my report while Jeff was crawling behind the desk toward me. Finally, his hand reached up and plunked a microphone onto the desk in front of me. I had forgotten to mic up before I went on the air and Jeff came in to save the day. I don't recall when I discovered KTOO's radio station, but it was probably when I was in college during summers spent in Juneau. I quickly fell in love with the eclectic programming at the station. I went on to serve as the local host for National Public Radio's Saturday Weekend Edition program for a time in the 90s. It felt great to be associated with such a high-quality news program. I haven't volunteered much at KTOO since the 90s, but I am a committed listener and supporter. I occasionally come in during fundraising drives to ask my fellow KTOO listeners to join me in supporting the station. I typically listen to KTOO as I get ready for work, in my car, and after work. My favorite program is a Juno afternoon, which keeps me connected to the community, as does the whole station. KTOO has been a part of my life for over 40 years, and I can't imagine my life without it. Great to hear from Susan. Thanks, Susan, for giving us that remembrance of what uh, KTO has meant for you and your involvement in it. And welcome back to Juno Afternoon from KTOO. We're talking about KTOO's 50th anniversary, which officially is tomorrow. Came on the air January 1974. In 2023, longtime president and general manager Bill Legier retired after 37 years at the helm. And KTOO found their new leader in Justin Showman, who began uh, at KTOO last January after being here before for a little while as well. Justin joins me now live in Studio 2K dedicated to Carolyn Hobbs-Peterson. Justin, how are you? I am good. I'm good. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Good to have you wandering the halls at K2 again. (laughs) Um, Tell us you had a little bit of a, tell us a little bit what your role was here before. You were kind of membership coordinator, that kind of thing. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, I was was in a development position. So Mm -hmm. I was focused on really all of our fundraising, um, focused on sponsorship, focused on aspects of the membership program. Of course, Cheryl's been here for Sure. A long time yeah. and doing tremendous work in that regard as well. But um, I was happy to support her. And of course, in the day we had the Seafood Fest and a few other events. Um, and I had a hand in all of that. I really enjoyed it. I've been in public media for over a decade. And, yeah, you and a had, lot of that's been fundraising. You had an interesting thing that you did then. Then you kind of went and became kind of a private consultant based out of Denver, right? Working with public broadcasting entities throughout the U.S. in fundraising and like creative ways to do fundraising. Tell me I, about that. It's I, really – that landscape has changed, it, right? It, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, it Every day it changes a little more, I think. And I, I was really, really privileged to be in that position. I moved down to Colorado. I 
had a friend lure me to Colorado Public Radio, um, and it was a great experience to work for one of the big major market stations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and see how they did things in a in a in a shop with 200 employees. I mean, we have 22 here at right. KTOO today, yeah. and then of course more right now because we have the seasonal crew with Gavel. But I took that experience and then parlayed it into um, some consulting work, and it was a lot of fun. I got to work with. You know, stations that ran the gamut in size. I mean, I was working with uh, an account out in Philadelphia with WHYY and then some smaller stations and nonprofits right there in Denver and elsewhere in Colorado. Um, and I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot. What's the big – tell me in a nutshell, What's what are a couple of the big fundraising kind of changes, evolutions, challenges that are happening today? I mean I think we all are familiar with it's – it's a meme. I mean it's a parody almost of how public broadcasting has for years had the pledge drive, had that stuff. And that has changed a lot. We're not hearing pledge drives the same way we used to. Tell me about how that's evolved. Yeah, I'm reflecting on that piece we just heard where – Bill said it would never take more than $10,000 to run the station. (laughs) (laughs) That's changed. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Considerably. Right. But yeah, I mean, the drive was, the drive was it. Um, Everything. It was this great community event. I I still love drives to this day. If for no other reason, because when you're in here day in, day out, and you're working toward this amazing mission, sometimes you forget what's going on outside and what it means to the community. And then you open up the mics, you talk to the community, you ask for their feedback, you ask for them to call, you ask for them to do this incredible thing, which is support this content, this radio station, television, whatever it may be that they can have for free. Voluntarily give your money to this thing you could have for free. It's a, it's not, it's, it's it's counterintuitive. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) But as things have evolved over the years, especially with, you know, the advent of, of monthly giving and sustaining giving and, um, I think a lot more sophistication in how stations are running digital campaigns and direct mail and just all of these other aspects in the, in the sort of fundraising landscape. Yep. Um, the drive is still a really important part of what we do, but it doesn't it doesn't play the, quite the same role that it did. It's it not used sort to of- be such a, you know, it was a week long yes. and sometimes even longer. <laughs> and uh, it built up to the Friday or the whatever day it was. And we're going to get past the hump and, you know, ring the bells when you hit the, you know, all that stuff. I, I thought they were great. Uh, you know, sometimes, though, I think, you know, what they were for a, a listening audience, a listening member, that was a challenge. You had to you couldn't interrupt the program that people love so much with the fundraising. But uh, I do think that, you know, as someone who volunteers here, it connected me back to the station on a, you know, twice yearly basis in a way that that other things, you know, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And I I, I love that we still are bringing in community voices every drive. I mean, it's changed, yes, but it's still quintessentially Juno and it is this community. And you're hearing the community voices talk to you during during the drives about the importance of this now 50 year old it's sort of a restitution refer- like a referendum every year uh you know on is this working or not is it worth the money or not that's it's kind of a cool thing well um you know when you reflect back on what, what when you reflect back on the 50 years of KTOO what are some of the things that as you coming back here and a uh, new leader of the station. What are some of the things you're reflecting on that 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 drive you f- into the future? Like, what are the, some of the lessons from the past that you think about? Uh, I think first and foremost, I mean, just listening to you know these 
this this testimonial and the produced piece that we just listened to. And it's just this reminder that that I am so incredibly privileged to be here. And I am truly standing on the shoulders of giants in this building and in this community. And, and you know, I can look to even lessons I learned from from Bill Legere, who is here and, and has left you know, an immeasurable footprint with this organization and and just seeing the way in which he conducted himself, the way in which he carried himself, um, carried this organization as not just a media entity in Juneau, but statewide. Um, you know, I happen to be here when the Alaska's Energy Desk came together. And I think that seeing that sort of regional collaboration on such an important issue um, is certainly one of the things I reflect on and just the importance of of journalism, but then also the importance of, of community and working with our partners throughout the state and in the region um, and how much greater we can be as an organization when we collaborate with you know, our peers in the network. And, and uh, well, how, how similar is the model? You know, it's interesting here. We've got three radio stations, two television kind of entities, essentially, plus all sorts of online presence a television studio downstairs. It's also a community resource. Do other stations have similar that you've dealt with have similar kind of things or is it, or is this very unusual? Um, they're out there. Mm-hmm. They're out there, but yeah. I do think, uh, you know, there's a, I heard it a lot in my first year and it's very true. Um, you know, KTOO is this organization that truly does punch above its weight. Um, you know, sometimes that's a loaded statement. There, there, there can be some drawbacks to that. Um, but all in all, in all, I mean, the, the community support for this organization here in, you know, our town of 30,000 people uh, to have three stations under one roof, to have a statewide television service under this roof, to provide an essential service in Gavel, uh, to keep folks connected to the legislature, all here under this roof being supported almost entirely by this community. Um, I, I think it's a pretty unique and special yeah. thing. And I'm, well, we're we're looking back at fifty years, but let's talk a little bit. Do let's do a little future speak. Talk to us about you know sneak preview or or what are some of the things on the horizon that people might want to be keeping an eye out for with KTOO. Yeah, well, we've got a couple a couple events. We kick off our fiftieth with uh, with. Today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so happy birthday, KTO. I mean, yeah, we got these great 50, 50th anniversary events happening. Yeah, yeah. We do, yeah. So um, we're, we're saving a few of them for the spring, um, letting the weather break up a little yeah, bit. I and- mean, come on. <laughs> a little ridiculous out there. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to have a special live Juno afternoon. Um, I think the date is May 3rd. It's that first Friday in May. Um, and that's going to be a two-hour special. We're going to have uh, musicians come in. We're going to have the community well represented. We're going to have a live audience. We're going to do that entirely uh, downstairs in in our television studio. And then as soon as that ends, we're actually, as we've been sort of exploring our archives and and digging into, you know, old archival materials for our 50th, um, we've unearthed just so many gems. Uh, So with that first Friday in May, we're also then going to open up the space and we're going to do sort of an archival um, show of old KTOO logos, old uh, premiums, thank you gifts, uh, designs from drives. And just there's just a mountain of amazing photos and video footage. So it's going to be a, a bit of a shrine um, yeah. 
to the community that has supported this organization for for 50 years. Um, and those are going to take place in May. And then we're in the early stages of planning a, a bigger community event um, that will happen outside of this space. Uh, more details to come on that. I don't want to. In the planning stages. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. But really cool to think about this as not just a tomorrow is the official day, but this year. I mean, 2024 is the 50th anniversary year of KTOO. So something to really celebrate all year long. Uh, what an what an amazing thing, because, I mean, as we heard in those uh, in those uh, those little pieces that we just heard just a scrappy group of people that just decided this was something that that Juno needed. I don't think that any of them thought they Juno needs this for 50 years. I think they just thought we need it, you know. Yeah. We, we want it this summer or something. You know? it, it, I was just speaking with Boston about this, and, and, and it, there's never a moment where I'm not just sort of taken aback by just how radical the whole notion of public radio yeah. is. I mean, here we are with these airwaves, you know, and they are available exclusively to our community. They belong to our community. They're supported by our community. And, you know, 50 years ago, it, there was that group. It, they were visionary. They yeah. may not have known it they then, were, but they yeah. were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, um, you, you talked about public media, especially. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that, this independently owned media here in Juneau. Really, K2 now is... It as far as independently owned, um, you know, media that's owned by the people in Juno for the people in Juno exclusively. We that is true, um, and and from a newsroom perspective or journalistic perspective, we're now the largest uh, and only locally held newsroom in uh, in Juno, Alaska. So. Um, does that, really, yeah, that comes with extra responsibility, do you think? I mean, how, how does that how does that fact affect how you go about guiding the ship or how we, how you go about defining the mission of K2? I, I think it does come with extra responsibility, and it's certainly not one um, that I take lightly. And, and I really appreciate the feedback I've gotten over the last year. I, I know the community doesn't take it lightly either. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a real balance between uh, – what gaps do we fill in coverage? Um, you know, what is what are our partners, KINY and the Empire, already providing? Where are we seeing holes? Where are we filling those gaps and serving our community in a way that's advancing conversation, that's furthering sort of civic engagement and all of these things that, that we hope to do just from the journalistic standpoint? And then with the rest of the outfit, especially as we talk about KRNN and KXLL, you know, how are we representing our community and the voices that we have on air? Um, in the music and the stories and sort of the entertaining, you know, snippets that that find their way to our airwaves. Do they belong there and are they serving our community um, in a way that's meaningful? And that's I mean, that's the bottom line. That's the measure. And that's what I love to hear from from Junoites yeah. about on a daily basis is how are we doing in right. that regard? What what do you see are are the biggest obstacles, challenges? What are the things that you're keep you up at night a little bit about running us <laughs> uh, an independent uh, radio and television station in in a small town? Yeah, well, certainly as the media landscape has changed a lot, um, it can be challenging to keep up. And I think that KTOO has done a remarkable job, um, especially in embracing. Do you mean digital. keeping up like the technology? Yeah formats, yep. things yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. And just keeping up with the audience as well. You know, as people, 
not just here in Juneau, but across the country, you know, do tend to move away from from as much time on broadcast mediums, moving more to, to digital platforms, social media, email, all of this like massive proliferation of ways in which you can interact with media. Um, and in order for us to effectively achieve our mission, we need to be present where those people are. Um, and that takes, you know, that takes people power. Uh, it takes a lot of smarts, which we have inside of this organization, keeping an eye on where people are moving, what the trends are, what the numbers are. Um, but I would be lying if I said it doesn't make me nervous. I mean, some of these things change overnight. Yeah. And we are we are a small but mighty station. And we've done, I think, a really remarkable job keeping up. But those challenges are real. And then, of course, the other piece of that is funding. And Funding can be a challenge and has been a challenge, um, especially with the loss of, of state funding a number of years ago. But we've managed to hold strong. We still, as we talked about, have you know the largest newsroom in, in Juneau right now. And, and that's, that's 100% on the back of this community and their generosity. It's and, a little bit of a miracle. I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, it's a kind of incredible to think like, uh, you know, there was a time uh, the idea of state funding going away would have been a death knell for for public broadcasting in small communities and um and and KTOO got itself positioned in a way that allowed for if that was going to happen and eventually did happen um uh still strong still happening and and as you say the newsroom has basically kind of grown and uh it's it's kind of amazing i think that one of the things there i've seen is is just the presence online, the, the commitment to having an online presence that's digestible in lots of different ways, not just throwing audio up online, right? But also doing the work of having the having the story laid out in a way that makes sense in print. You know, you really, the, the it's kind of, it'd be interesting to think about people who were founding the station in 1976 to show them a 50-year time capsule and say, this is what it's going to look like, you know? <laughs> they would have imagined TV, I think, but they I don't think they would have imagined that you're actually, basically, you're taking your script and you're making sure it's readable online and you're publishing the script plus the actualities and sure. photos and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> Shrinking it down into a 10-second Instagram reel. I right. mean, whatever it may be, and, and all of those avenues are important if we're reaching people um, – with yeah. news and information from their community. And again, it's I sing the praises of this amazing staff who's who's done the work of of keeping up and and innovating and adapting to all these changes. Is there one is there some one thing that you could communicate now to people about what KTO does or brings to the community or operating it that maybe they don't know or don't think about? I don't feel like I can overstate this. And I think it's 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 the impact. I mean, I think. The single biggest thing that that I think keeps – I can only speak for myself, but I want to say keeps most of us going here. It's just knowing the role that it plays in this community, whether it's bolstering you know, arts and entertainment in Juneau um, and news and just hearing that feedback and being reminded – on a daily basis, because I think it's really it's easy to forget and think that, oh, that's KTOO. It's there. We count on it. We trust it. It's not going anywhere. Um, and right. I think even in my role, I think that some days and, and get lost in the day to day. And again, it's it's just knowing and hearing from folks the impact that this organization has in their lives and what it means to the community. Um, and I, I really don't think I can overstate that. I just I just can't. I'm yeah. continually blown away by it. 
Well, here we are self-congratulating, but uh, <laughs> it is exciting really for all of us who've been involved in KTO to know that 50 years is uh, happening tomorrow and the 50-year celebration will continue throughout 2024. Thank you, Justin. Justin Showman, the, is it president and general manager? Right. That's, the, that's the title, that president title. and yeah. general manager here at KTOO. And um, thanks so much for your time. Um, stay tuned to KTOO for more on future 50th anniversary celebration plans and more at KTOO.org is the place to see it. So up next, the Bossa Nova Inspired Group begins a residency of Friday nights at the Crystal Saloon. But first, here's a reflection from Ed Schoenfeld. Good old Ed Schoenfeld, one of those voices that we've heard for years and years here on KTOO, who began working at KTOO as the program director in 1979. This is Ed Schoenfeld. In the winter of 1979, I moved to Juneau to be program director at KTOO Radio. And there was a lot of live music on the air and a lot of musicians coming in and recording and playing live and it was a lot of fun. I was trying to figure out who I could add to the mix and I knew there was a California folk singer who was playing at the Red Dog. So I went down to listen to him. I had heard him before, he was pretty good. And I asked him if he would like to come up to the station and record some songs on guitar and dulcimer and I think he played a couple other instruments. Well, he thought that would be a good idea and he showed up the next day and we spent about an hour recording different songs with different instruments and it sounded good. When we were done with that, I told him I'd be getting him on the air within the next few weeks and he asked me if I could help him with a problem he was having. He was a California folk musician used to playing at wine bars and that meant he knew a lot of sort of mellow backgroundy sounds. That's not what went over well at the Red Dog, so he asked me for suggestions. I said, well, let's learn some Hank Williams, and I found a couple Hank Williams records, and I put on Hey Good Lookin' and a few other popular songs, and he learned them very quickly, as any good musician does, and he said, I'm going to try these out tonight. Well, a couple days later, I went down to hear him play at the Red Dog, and he was finishing up a set of Hank Williams songs, and people were getting up and stomping on the floor and clapping, and he had this big smile on his face. And it made good radio, too. Hanson Gress. Ka eat with the shu yi we kashuk a yi tin. Jin kat ka kei jin tao kanakaya ha ane kak gunish cheese.